Okay, scripture reading today is from Genesis 37, 37 was last week, 39. So if, if you want to just listen, close your eyes, you can do that, you can look on the screen, you can look it up in your phone, you can turn in a physical Bible. This is Genesis 39, okay? I'm going to read through this whole chapter, so stay with me, it's not, it's not super long. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt... Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except his menu. Sorry, except the food he ate. My interpretation there. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. After a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day, he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. So she kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. The Hebrew, that Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Amen. Yesterday, my family and I did a little practice walking on water. We went ice skating uh, with some neighbors. Sorry. With some neighbors uh, of ours that invited us to go out on Chebacca Lake. It was a blast. Uh, One of my children... Anytime this child encounters a new experience, uh, it's, it's a little bit terrifying for them. And I use that word because 
how it presents is they are just like locked onto my leg. And so if I try to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm lacing up everybody else's skates, like just stand over there on the ice like five feet away, it's too far. It, it's like they have to be right next to me. And so, you know, I'm, I'm working, I'm getting everybody laced up, and, and we finally get on the ice, and we're, you know, we're holding hands, or they're locked on. There's a lot of, you know, there's just a lot of concern happening in that moment. Um, we're in a series right now on the life of Joseph. We're, we're walking through this incredible story in the book of Genesis. And one of the themes that is in this uh, whole kind of section of the book of Genesis is particularly highlighted in this passage we read today. I'm guessing you picked up on it because I tried to really emphasize it, and that is this. The Lord was with Joseph. Now, it's, it's, this passage that we read is also pretty interesting because it's almost the anticlimax of the story. This is where Joseph hits rock bottom. He's gone from the favored son of a very wealthy man, I mean very wealthy, to a slave. And now we hear random, you know, guy from Egypt, this, I mean, important guy, but he's bought by this guy Potiphar. He's serving in his house. And wow, look at this. He's actually like, this is, this is pretty bad, but he's experiencing a little bit of success or recognition in this job. And of course, along comes Potiphar's wife, and in this, in this part of the story, man, Joseph, there's a huge choice that he makes. He's, 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 he's experienced an incredible amount of loss, potentially separated from his family for the rest of his life. He's not, free, he's not a free person anymore. He's a slave. He's, he's in a foreign land. He probably is trying to learn the language. I mean, all of the ways that you could not belong and all of the ways that, like, you could have loss. I mean, he's, he's lost everything, literally. His freedom, his family, language, culture, it, he's lost it all. And you, for, for many of us, when we are going through something that is difficult, and I'm speaking this because I know it's true because I do it, there's this temptation to want to latch on to something. Or, man, my life didn't turn out the way I thought, or this week didn't turn out the way I thought, or today... I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give myself a little something. Whether it's like looking for that milkshake at the end of the day that you're, you know, trying not to eat or something worse. We, we often excuse behavior that is not healthy for us because of difficult circumstances that we're experiencing. Now, in the story of Joseph, it's an extreme. You know, this woman is tempting him to commit adultery with her. And it's, it's remarkable that he, that he doesn't go there. What's even more interesting is that throughout the story in, of Joseph, um, we don't have any indication in the story that Joseph ever encountered God in a powerful way. Like meaning in one of those ways like his, his father did and his grandfather and his great-grandfather. Where it's like they saw him face to face. 
there's Abraham having a bartering session with the Lord to not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Here's Jacob, you know, and the, and the ladder coming down from heaven. And then a wrestling match, potentially with like the second member of the Trinity himself. I mean, all these different crazy stories. Joseph gets two random dreams that may have just been due to, you know, he spent a little too much time harvesting wheat that day and then ate something a little funny and he had this weird dream, you know? Like, I'm just saying, like, easy to dismiss. He, he was stargazing for a little bit too long one night and he fell asleep and he had this crazy dream about stars and the moon and the sun, right? Are you tracking with me, guys, right? There, there's no power encounter here for Joseph with, like, meeting the Lord face to face or some open vision of heaven. It's just a random dream or two that his family totally rebukes. Now, they don't say, well, that dream wasn't from God, but they certainly are not saying, well, this is something you should pursue and hang on to. That's all he gets that we're aware of in this whole book of Genesis. Even at the end of the story, you'll hear about how the Lord appears to Jacob once he's, he's either on his way or in Egypt and kind of commends this journey to him. Joseph gets nothing. And I want, I want to say, like, oftentimes that's an excuse for us as well. Well, if I only experienced God the way that this person did, if I, if I only had, you know, an open vision, or if I only saw Jesus on the road to Damascus, then I would really know that God was with me. And yet, in the story of Joseph, we see it's not Joseph's extreme character. It is, I think, somehow his ability to resist this, this incredible temptation has to do with what's repeated in this passage, that somehow he believed or knew or sensed that God was with him. It's the same for us today. This is really, you know, what the gospel is all about. And if Joseph, if the Lord was with Joseph, how much more is he with us today? by His Spirit who is dwelling within us, by all the separation that existed between God and man, Jesus has done away with. He's, we just celebrated this in communion. He's forgiven our sins. His broken body has released the life of heaven to us. Guys, we need each other. So a piece of why we're sitting at these tables. We need to encourage each other that the Lord is with us. It is the presence of the Lord that is the game changer for everything in life. It is knowing that God is with us and challenging each other to believe that even when it doesn't seem true, even when the circumstances are so bad that it feels like we've lost everything. But there's one thing we can never lose, and that is the Lord. And that is actually the greatest thing. That, that is what will bring joy and meaning to any, to any path of life that we will walk. So Joseph, as we said, he experiences another death here. Man, it's like you thought he would have died enough by losing it all. Nope, he's in this situation. And now you're not just a slave. Now you're a convicted criminal slave in jail in a foreign land that no one from your family knows where you are. And there's a foreign language and culture. You're, I mean, he's just hit the bottom. But I just, it's just interesting that um, even in that place, 
there's this, this, this thread, this theme of the presence of God, which he is believing in, results in life wherever he goes. A passage of scripture that I, that I had um, planned to read today, someone mentioned this morning during our pre-service prayers. It's interesting how the Lord works things together. But Paul says this, sorry, James, consider it pure joy. Consider it bliss. Consider it the greatest thing, right? My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This is like a mind-blowing statement that, that a follower of Jesus is to consider it pure joy when we encounter trials of various kinds. Now, now, sometimes I know for me, it's like, well, if I was like preaching the gospel, you know, and I got thrown in prison like Paul and, you know, whoever, or Peter and John, I guess it was in the beginning of Acts, like, yeah, then I could be like singing hymns in the jail cell because I knew I was doing it for Jesus. You know, it was like because I was like preaching the gospel, you know. But this passage says trials of many kinds. Like the trial of your car breaking down on the side of the road when you're on your way to a job interview. They do those in person anymore. I don't, I don't know, right? I mean, those little, those little trials, Right? To, to bigger ones as well. You see, for Joseph, this death, and now this second death, what it's really doing, what God is really doing as he's with Joseph, is he's, he's working his character and perseverance in him so that later on, Joseph will be able to be responsible to carry a much greater level of responsibility. If we apply faith to suffering, the result is we grow and it glorifies God. And the faith is simply, God, you are with me and nothing happens in my life outside of your allowing it. It's not to say that everything is from God, right? The most important thing that we can do is trust that God is with us and lean into that in the place of suffering, trial, and difficulty. It's that that will enable us to resist temptation, knowing that there's always a way of escape. And it's that that's going to release life to those around us. So yesterday we went, we went skating on frozen water. And my, my child, who often has a hard time with new experiences, was, was just very clingy for the first half hour, 45 minutes. But after a while, we started skating, and I was kind of, you know, trying to crack the whip with this person, you know, and get him to go, get him to go a little faster. And, and then we, you know, jaded the idea of, okay, I'll stand over here, and you skate to me, you know, a yard or two or 10 yards away. And then by the end of our time, this kid did not want to leave the ice. Like, the last one off. I'm getting everybody else's skates off. I have, it's like one of those, you know, parent fights where you're trying to reel them in. You know, come on. You're like, no, no, give me, you know, da, da. And I think that's a picture for us. Now, that whole time, like, he knew that I was there, right? 
There was no doubt that like dad is there, but he was not experiencing the, 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 the freedom of my presence with him until he, he started to kind of walk it out with me along his, his side. And it, and it brought him to this new place of responsibility, of freedom, and of joy. So there's a journey here, right? There's a journey of us not being crippled by our fears. Because that's really what, what often keeps us from sensing the presence of God. It's, it's learning to let go, to trust even when it's scary, right? to, to, to keep trying to take some steps on those wobbly skates. And God wants us to be in a place of bliss, even in the midst of something that's challenging. Even when there's sorrow or grief mixed in, He's wanting to bring us to a place of freedom and joy. And it's all about His presence. It's all about Dad. It's all about Papa God. It's all about Abba Father being with us on that journey. That is the game changer of our lives. It's the one thing we have to get right. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, just giving Him her giving Him her attention, believing that He's with us always. So we're going to talk about this now at our tables. I'm going to encourage you to, to just you know, pause for a moment and ask the Lord, what is He highlighting to you today from this?